ברוכים הבאים בשם השם, ולחנוכם מבייס השם. This week is Rishchidish Tammuz, the Shabbos. Rishchidish Tammuz, which is the last day of Chedish Sivan. We all know famous stories of Kerach, famous happening, what transpired with Kerach and his people. The argument or the presentation. that Kerach presented to Moshe Kerach had a main issue he's very very Severe issue. Maduat is not so Hashem. The whole nation is Amechulam Tzadikim. The whole nation is special. Maduat is not so Hashem. Why you, why Aaron? It's interesting to note that after all said and done, Hashem rewards Aaron with 24 gifts. The Torah of Chavdalad Matanis Kahuna. What's the Cheshman 24? I believe I've told it before. It was a very prominent chassid who lived in Manchester, England. His name was Zalman Jaffe. Zalman didn't always draw the line, shall we say, when others did. For us, back then, we found it almost comical he had some phenomenal lines
unfortunately for us, we didn't realize the quality of this neshama. Who are we to realize such things? The Zalman always came for Shavuos. The Shabbos Fabrengen, that he would be there, as almost every Shabbos since the second half of the Nesiyas, during Fabrengen, the Rebbe would say, a Rashi Sikha, he would elaborate on a Rashi. And the Rebbe would dissect the Rashi, which, as we know, Rashi says, I only come to give Pshute Shamikra, the simple explanation of the Pasuk, but yet, when Rashi started, when the Rebbe started to take apart a Rashi, that beautiful, simple Rashi that explained the Pasuk so eloquently to the Ben Chamesh the Mikra, the five-year-old, suddenly made no sense whatsoever. It didn't just not make sense, but it was... We would be totally befuddled. How did we sit and learn that Rashi? I did Chitas. I did my Chumash and my Rashi every week. I took this Basuk, I learned the Basuk, I learned the Rashi, and it made sense. It was beautiful Rashi. Rashi explained it beautifully. When the Rebbe got finished with this Rashi, we scratched our heads like, wow! We so did not understand Rashi. On the Shabbos when Abzal and Jaffe would be here, the Rebbe would ask many, many questions on the Rashi. And then the Rebbe would pause sometimes, sometimes the beginning, the middle, sometimes the end of the questions. And he would turn to Absalman and pick his hand up. How many questions are we holding by? And Absalman would always answer out loud and show on his fingers. Four? Six? He would always, <laughs> joyously, as the Kiruv, the Kiruvim the Rebbe would have to give him. It was a Bambayas by the Rebbe, and he used to be to the house. The Jaffe family always were the Rebbe's in the house. And that doesn't go under a carpet. If Zalman once showed up to the Yechidus with seven bottles of mashke, and he presented the Rebbe the seven bottles of mashke, and the Rebbe asked him, the Why seven? Absalman <laughs> boldly replied that's how many they allowed in duty free I excuse myself if I didn't exactly quote the words um, and I shouldn't even have said it in the English accent but regardless he said this is how much the amount that they allowed him to take the Rebbe said, what should I do with seven bottles of mashka? So he told the Rebbe, each night before the Rebbe goes to sleep, 
he'll take a little bit of mashka, it'll help him sleep better. But I've accepted. I don't know if they've ever accepted to do it actually, or did it actually. I hardly doubt it ever did. But the Rebbe didn't dismiss it and say, Ach, Mem Sahim, get out of here. 24 gifts mm-hmm. given to the Kahan. What's the Khajman? 24. Kedach was no idiot. Far from it. And Kedach came and twisted. He had such a fantastic gift of the gab. He spoke so well and eloquently that he didn't just come with his 250 people from Shevet Ruvain. He pretty much had a lot of people from every Shevet convinced. He was the advocate for Klal Yisrael. For the whole nation. He was advocating and defending and saying how important it is that every Jew can be a king. Every Jew can be a leader. Every Jew can be a Kohen Gadol. So in essence, from every Shevet, they look to deprive Aaron from Matnas Kahuna. Every Shevet looked to steal it from Aaron because Aaron was ultimately was given this before that. What is the din if somebody steals? They have to pay back kefil. They have to pay back double. Since there were twelve shvatim and each one partook in the geneva, therefore they were obligated to pay back kefil, and the double being twenty-four gifts. But we look at the conversation here. And Moshe says, Zayis Asun, which is with the Kayach and his Ada, he says, Zayis Asun, you should do for yourselves, Take fire pans. Rashi explains what was Mesha's intention. Anu us. Ain Lanuella Avayachas. We only have one God. Vikain Godl Echod. And one Kain Godl. The Atem and you, Reish Nun Ish, 250 people, you all want to become King Gadol, 250 You want, Afani Reitzvakach, I also want. How awkward is that? Mesh in essence, 
is condoning Kerach. I also want this. They were arguing on Aaron's Kinhuna. How does Moshe put himself into the same category? And blatantly say, I want this as well. Let us understand first. Who Mesha was. We have spoken about this previously. Of Mesha's humbleness. Mesha is Anav Me'ed. There was no bigger Anav. Nobody is more as humble as Mesha. What was the prowess? What was his greatness of his humbleness, humility. Why am I like I am? Why am I such a position? Because I was given a great high neshama. My soul was brought from a lofty place. Anyone else would have given this soul, they would have done much better than I did. When Moshe is told to go down to Mitzrayim to take the Jews out, look somewhere else because they won't believe me. And we spoke and we explained that when the Jews split, the, when the Jews crossed the Yamsuf, Oz Yashir Moshe. Then Moshe sang, when is it that he sang? Not when they crossed the Yamsuf, but you look at the Pasuk prior. It says, of They believed in Moshe the servant. Ah, Moshe, now you understand that they do believe in you? Now you understand how the Jews believe in you as well? And not only that, says the Abish to the next Parsha and Parsha's Yisrael, they will believe in you forever also. If that's the case, and he knew with a guarantee from the Almighty Himself that he will always perpetually be believed in by the Jewish nation, how did he put himself into the same category, Rahman al of the 250 people of Kerach. But the fact of the matter is that it says by Aminu Bashem of Mesha Avdi, it means the entire nation. Kerach was part of the nation. His Ada was part of the nation. So, in essence, they believed in Mesha as well. What was their mistake? They wanted to become Kahanim Gedalim. The 250 people wanted to become Kahanim Gedalim.
They wanted to elevate, they wanted to become as high, that high to become a Kayin. Let us understand the greatness of a Kayin Gadol. The Kayin Gadol is the only one, that goes into the Holy of Holies and Yom Kippur and stands before the Almighty to serve Him. And Ve'yavdel, like Dishay Kedish Kedashim. And he is separated, says the Teda. And he comes in to sanctify in the Holy of Holies. And they wanted this as well. And they thought to themselves that just like prayer can accomplish and break through for everything, the power of prayer being so strong. And it could nullify any given decree. They also wanted to do the same thing here. They wanted to pray hard enough that they should merit to become Kahanim Gedolim. Says Moshe Afani This yearning that you have to serve in a Kahuna Gedolim status is a good yearning. It's positive thinking. Unfortunately, it's not possible. Since we all have only one God, one Arin, one Taita, and therefore, it's impossible for each and every one of us to become King Gadol. The idea is beautiful. The thought is fantastic. The yearning is exemplary. However, it's not within our reach. An antagonist, the Misnagid, once came to the Alter Rebbe. And he asked this in the Alter Rebbe. You're a Rebbe? Rebbe. Why is it you're a Rebbe more than I am a regular Jew? What rank do you pull over me that I see and notice that you have uh, a servant by your door and you have this and you have that? What makes you so great? The oftentimes, when something wanted, he wanted to express himself about something, he put his head on his arm. Like when we say the Taklin prayer. Here too, the Atrebe put down his head and thought for a while, then picked up his head and said, On the Nasim it says, A Nasi is Rashi Alpha Yisrael, the head of thousands of Jews. Or Rebbe is Reish B'nai Yisrael. A head does not wear tzitzis. A head does not wear socks. A head does not wear pants. And the head does not wear shirt. The head wears a hat, a yarmulke. A scarf perhaps around the neck, but not on the head per se. However, a shirt is worn on your upper body. 
pants on the lower body, shoes and socks on your feet. It's all the same body. The head is attached to the body. Manashtana. Roshay, Alpha Yisrael. The head is above. It is a head on top of everything. the door. It is a head above everything. And therefore the head is greater than the rest of the body. And therefore the head has to be treated as such. The man walked away satisfied. He was very impressed with what the Rebbe had to say. He was impressed with the Rebbe's answer. Who had a question? The Rebbe's son, who ultimately was the Mitle Rebbe, Reb Dave Ber. The Rebbe's son, I'm going to start gathering people, start texting the crowds. Shameh must still be by silver is for his coming. The Rebbe's son, the Mitle Rebbe, turned to his father and said, Tate, ich verstehe nicht. Was verstehst du nicht, mein Kind? Ich verstehe nicht, your answer was very, very clear, precise, and to the point. Was verstehst du nicht? Was verstehe ich nicht? I don't understand why you had to put your head down. Why couldn't you answer such a question straight? Why did you put your head down before you answered? This is for one day, the technician is going to be here on time. So he has a keyboard and a mouse and a separate thing to sit on the side. And I can give the shear and I don't have to deal with, dabble with the, with the Skype people. What? Very simple. I have to have this facing me because it has the camera. But I, every so often somebody else signs on and somebody else signs off. Somebody has to be logged in. So I'm the one that's dabbling with it until now. So what we did was we got Moshe Sani Halevi who should be blessed was waiting, I didn't want to say it in the beginning of this year, I want to make sure he listens to the middle of this year. So 23 minutes and 37 seconds into this year, we are now paying attention, mention to Rav Moshe Sani, Halevi, who should get a Shidduch Tov, and Parnasat Tova, sent us in a monitor, and a wireless mouse, and a keyboard. Free? Yes, this is his donation to this year, as he listens to this year every week. Well, and he doesn't want the um, he doesn't like the distractions of the Skype in the middle of this year so therefore he made sure to set this all up for us very nicely ready mind your business so Dr. Rebbe said to his son the little Rebbe let me tell you why I put my head down. We see by Kerach, when Kerach came in his presentation to the Moshe, it says, Vayipel Moshe Alponov. Moshe fell on his face. 
And only then did he rise up and give an answer to the to Kerach. What happened here? What happened was that Moshe heard this argument and did not know where, whence does it come from. Is it from a antagonist? Is it a sincere claim? Is it something that the Yevishta is sending this Shliach, the Almighty sent this messenger to present this question to him? Or is he being too haughty to be able to accept the question? And therefore Moshe fell on his face first to think it through. And only when he saw the clarity that no, it's not that. No, it's not me that I'm talking. It's actually somebody wrong. And it's not going to be somebody else coming up after him. That's when he answers Kerach. But Moshe was very delicate about it. There tells us when Moshe heard that Dosan Vaviram joined him with Kerach before they died in the ground he heard they joined forces with Kerach the normal reaction of a person like Moshe considering Dosan Vaviram were not very very kind and good to him till now was to do something to them like he did to the Egyptian in Mitzrayim. Taylor tells us, Vayokom Moshe, Moshe stood up, Vayelech el Dosan Vaviram, and he walked to Dosan Vaviram. Tells us the Pasuk, as Moshe stood up, the entire Sanhedrin stood up. You guys too. Wedding. Oh, you want to drive it down? <laughs> you want me to drive it? Slow it down. No. Yeah, I think you drive. Yeah, I think. Simcha. Rapid ten. Ishti. You want your feet to drive it? I'll walk with you. It's far. The Yomara tell, tells us that with Moshe stood it up the entire entourage and they followed Moshe to Dosan Vaviram. Now the truth is, why did it have to say Vayokom Moshe? It's not enough to say Vayelech Moshe. It says Vayokom and Vayelech. He stood up and he went. Moshe Rabbeinu was a tremendous eye of Yisrael. He loved a fellow Jew. The Yomara tells us in Menachas 65, side 1, on the bottom. The Imara Menachas tells us that he was a tremendous Ehev Yisrael. And the Chazal tell us, Yechichan Meishe She'avon. Meishe came to tell them, out of love, to re- 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 reproach them, reprimand them. And we see from this story how great Moshe really was. Vayokom is the same Loshan as Vayokom Stay Efrin. 
When Avraham Avinu purchased the Ephraim, the Torah tells us also that by Yaakov he stood it up. He stood it up meaning that he took ownership of it. By Yaakov here, Moshe stood up and he proclaimed himself as king. When everybody saw Moshe stand up, they stood up immediately with reverence and they followed him. When Dosan Vavinam saw... No, she says, wait for two minutes. Huh? She'll wait for two minutes. Saw the tremendous answer. No, she, he's saying she should go with them yeah. so she should know how to get back. Saw the entire entourage coming. They automatically should have become impressed. The truth is that the actual decree was on Kedach and his people. Where did Dosan Mavidim come in here? And more than that, hey, hey, you're disturbing the recording. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Tziva Helu Misoviv Lemishkan Kedach Radosan Mavidim. This is what the Abishta commands about Kedach Dosun Vaviram. Mesha still looked for some solution how to save them from Miredes Chaim Sheila, from being consumed and swallowed up into the land. Hello? Yes, but I'm going to live this year. Could you go back after 10, please? From this we learn a tremendous lesson. These people that literally spat God in the face, these people that had the audacity to stand up against God, and the decree was on them already, Moshe Rabbeinu still attempted to do something for them, to help them, to save them from their terrible fate. So much more so in our generation, where so much of the Jewish nation are not learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. Not only the, the ignorant, but to a level of Tineikish of Yisraban, or Tineik, sorry, Tineik Shenishbel Levena Akum, like the child captured amongst the non-Jew, non-Jewish nation. How much more so is this obligation upon us, upon each and every one of us, to try to whatever form of fashion that we can come up with, whatever we can concoct, to save the Jews and to bring them closer to the Almighty God, our Father in Heaven. And this is towards the end of the Pasha. It says, Ki yita The Almighty does not leave His nation, does not desert His nation. Many, many years ago, as a child actually, I heard the story of Revolf Kitsis. Which I must have told 
tens of times. This is one of my journey stories in my life. And the reason, and ultimately, I took the actual story and composed a song. I composed the song, the lyrics, and the music, and everything. You sing? I don't sing, no. I shouldn't sing, actually. I do, but I shouldn't. And... And this story has always captured my entire essence. Revolve Kitsis was very, very drawn to the Holy Land of Israel. And Revolve Kitsis felt a tremendous desire to move and to settle in the Holy Land of Israel. However, being a chassid of the Baal Shem HaKadosh, and such a devoted chassid was he, that when you go to Mezhebuz, and you go and stand before the Holy Baal Shem Tov's grave, to the side, as you stand facing it, to the right side, or the left side of the Baal Shem Tov, is interred the Wolf Kitzitz. The Volkitzis finally got his blessing from the Baal Shem HaKadosh, the Holy Baal Shem Tov, to go to Eretz Yisrael. However, the Rebbe told him an explicit instruction. If anyone asks you any question, please do not answer without thinking it through very well. And so, Revolve began his journey. And as Revolve began, as Revolve embarked on the plane, on the boat, the ship sailed to an island, the ship sailed and on the way ended up by an island and docked by this island for a few hours. And as they docked by the island for a few hours, everybody disembarked to get to stretch your feet a little bit. And a wolf went to a little isolated area to Dava Mincha. But a chosid of the Bashem Tov, and you can imagine, not just a chosid. His Mincha took quite a while. Until he finished, he tardied in such an extent that when he finished, the ship sailed away. It was Thursday. Where will I spend Shabbos on this desolate island? And as he looked on in the far-off distance, seeing the ship sailing, the wolf was almost falling into despair. When suddenly... A very warm hand touched him on his shoulder. 
And he turned around and he saw himself staring into the most beautiful eyes. A man with a beautiful flowing beard. And the man said to him, Shalom Aleichem. I see your ship has left you. I feel very bad for you. But I am quite happy. Wolf was shocked. What are you happy about? I am happy that I will be able to host such an honorable Jew for Shabbos. Wolf had nothing to deny it. He wasn't going to decline an invitation like that. And so he followed his host. And his host had a most wonderful house. And the other people came together and Shabbos was the most magnificent an amazing Shabbos. The Shabbos ended and Revolf, accompanied by his host on Sunday morning, stood by the island again waiting for the next passing ship. And lo and behold, as the next ship shows up and Revolf begins to embark to the ship, his host says to him, by the way, Revolf, I didn't ask you the whole Shabbos, we were so enjoying Shabbos, I never asked you, how are our brothers and sisters, how are the brethren in our foreign lands, in the land where you come from? And Revolf said, the Almighty is a good God and He will not desert His people. And as the ship sailed, Revolf realized, Oi! I did not concentrate on that answer, as my Rebbe had warned me. And so on the first opportunity, Revolf grabs a ship the other direction, goes back to the Balsham HaKadosh. And as soon as Revolf enters to the Balsham HaKadosh's room, to the holy room of the Balsham HaKadosh, the Hashem is tisking and says, Oi, what you just did. He says, What did I do, Rebbe? And the Hashem explains, Avraham Avinu, our father Avraham, stands before the Almighty God on a daily basis and says, Where are my children? Why are they not here in the Holy Land? Please, he says, he pleads for his children's behalf. Please, Almighty God, return my children to the Holy Cities of Jerusalem. The Holy Land of Israel. And the Almighty says, I am a good God, I do not desert them. And this goes on on a daily basis, and finally... The Almighty said to Avraham Avinu, I will show you, let us go and ask a prominent chassid. And we'll ask what he thinks. If he says that I need to send Mashiach and take the Jews out of the exile, so it will be. But if he says that, like I tell you, I'm a good God, I won't desert the nation, when we are ready, we will take them out. You, Revolf, was that chassid. 
you were the one, the barometer that the Almighty was presenting to Avraham Avinu. You were the one that had you answered like I warned you to, that the Jewish nation is suffering in exile. You could have seen to bring Mashiach at that moment. If anybody ever comes over for a good fabrengen, and we go through a bottle of two or three, you might get me to sing it. But actually the truth is, Sukkot by night, the first night of Sukkot, in our Sukkot we have a tradition to sing the song. And Avram Avinu cries. And the reason that we sing it is because the first night Sukkot, the Yushbizn is Avram Avinu, and the Chsidish Yushbizn is the Basham One of the questions that Kerach poised to Avram, to Meshur Abenu, besides a Talis Kulit Chelis, is Bayis Molisvarim Chayiv Mizuzah? A house full of Svarim, does it need a Mizuzah? To which Meshur Abenu, of course, answered, Yes. Why? It's Chayiv Mizuzah. Now the question really is, not why. What does it mean to us? Why do we have to know this story? There are times where a person is a bias molis for him. A person in his own right can think to himself, I sit and learn Teda all day. I don't need to involve my emotions. I don't need to have fear of God. I don't need to love God. The fact that I study Torah is more than enough. But from the answer of Meshir Abenu, that a house full of Svarim is obligated to have a mezuzah, let us, let us examine the mezuzah. The mezuzah is Shema Yisrael Hashem Elikeinu Hashem Echod Adin Pnyats Nol Tri One Five Zero Three No Shta Telephone The mezuzah has two parshas Shema Yisrael Ve'ahavta and Vahoyim Shemaya as the Pasha starts, Love God, your God. Vahoyim Shemaya refers to the Yira, fear God. As brought down in the Sifre Chesidus. Just like a mezuzah watches over a house and everything in it, so too a bias Malisvarim which is full with Teda. If it doesn't have Ava and Yira, it is lacking. It is lacking badly. It's not only lacking, but the Teda is lacking. Because You did it. Teda without love and fear, does not elevate, does not go up. And the Chazal tell us in Perkiovis that only if Yid Osei Kedemis L'Chachmosoi 
Chachmosim is kayemes. Only if fear precedes study of Torah does Torah actually have existence. And anyone that says Torah, I only have the Torah. I don't have. I don't need anything else. Says the Gemara in Mesechtes Yevomis, Daf Kuftes Amid Beis, one o nine, side two. Ainley Ela Tera is Afilo Tera Ainley. He doesn't even have Tera, and therefore the Chayiv Mezuzah Chayiv Bayis Molisfarim is Chayiv B'Mezuzah, because it needs to have the Ava and the Yira of Tera in order should be befitting for Tera. Take a little break from the parsha and we return to the actual date. This Shabbos is, is Shabbos Eshchidish. Shabbos Eshchidish, the tefillahs are different. Of course, we say Yalav Yavoy. We add Hallel by day, half Hallel. And for Musif, we say Ata Yitzarta. Shabbos and Rishchidosh are in essence two different things. There's a new tilim that came out that I was thinking of buying for you, but I didn't get it today. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it over to you. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful English translation of things on the bottom. It's really beautiful. It's a good one. I mean, I have another beautiful, when you buy your wife a good present. Uh, where's Roxanne's uh, tilim? So they're on the shelf, probably. Show it to You have to get the white ones out of this to make them white. Shabbos is a day that. Minim is Borcha Bekula Yemen. Irish. That's what I know it is. Tell to call back. 10.15. Shabbos is a day that all the days of the week are blessed by it. The six days that culminate with Shabbos, Shabbos being the seventh, and the six days following the Shabbos, which Shabbos blesses the entire week. So Shabbos is the culmination of a cycle, which is the sixth completed with the seventh Shabbos Kedish. Reish Kedish also does this. Reish Chedesh is the head of the month. Being a head of a month, it also blesses, it also involves with the entire month. Therefore, we need to 
see the connection between the seventh day of the week and the first day of a month. The difference between a solar week and the lunar month <laughs> is Mashpia and Mikabal. The solar, the sun, gives off the light and the lunar, the moon, accepts the light. And therefore, illuminates the, sun, the moon the illumination of the moon is through the light of the sun. The same as well is with Shushchedish and with Shabbos. Oh, that's the tilim. That's the tilim. For me? No, no. That's my name, and someone gave it to me as a gift. No, you have to buy this in white and get this for your wife. He gave it to him. It was free. We uh, take it very, take it run. What story? Chedish Sivan is the third month. That's a Lubavitch one. Not really. It's all the same thing. David Melech was not a Lubavitch. He says in 1568, 1587. There are stories that are Lubavitch. There are stories in it, but it doesn't make it a Lubavitch still. Many different stories, not Lubavitch. The third month is the month which Taylor was received on the fourth month is when the Eden started to actually practice. And therefore, the third month of Sivan and the fourth month of Tammuz are also connected. The concept of three and four Gimel and Dalit are Gimel Dalim. The giving to the poor the third month gives in to the fourth month feeds into the fourth month I'm not even talking about Chav Chesivin tonight oh boy, okay however this Shabbos is a Shkedish Tammuz? Stop it. But not only a Shkedish Tammuz. I heard there's two blah, Because it's two days a Shkedish. It's one day. Two days. It's Shabbos and Sunday. Because it's two days a Shkedish. It's not only Shabbos. I just said Yom Shabbos in Hadikol Tfila. Then they have a problem. It's two days. Even the rabbis say, "Here it's on Yom Shabbos." It's for Shabbat Yom Well, then there's a problem because there is there are two days in Shkedesh. Shabbos is the thirtieth day of Sivan, and Sunday will be Aleph Tammuz. Are you sure? Yes, and therefore the Shabbos is although called Shkedesh Tammuz, it is the last day of Sivan. Which brings in Sivan and Tammuz together in a connection. This Shabbos is called Parshas Kedach. Now, we learned now until now that Kedach was not the most 
pleasant fellow. Kerach was not the biggest chassid and was not the most humble of people. Kerach ultimately gets swallowed up by the ground. Why? Why then would we call a Pasha of the Tera after such a person? Says Rashi, Vayikach Kerach, Parsha Zu Yafa. You see, it says Yafa. No, it says Yafa. Yafa Nidreshes Bemedrish Abitachuma. This Pasha is beautifully, eloquently described and studied and learned in Medrash Tanchuma. Wow. Wow. What a shock. How is it possible even that the name of a Parsha in the Teda should be named after a Russia like Kerach? We know that in Mishle 10 7, not 10 4. The names of Rishayim are wiped, destroyed, eradicated. And the Gemara Mesech, this Yuma, 38 side 2 for those keeping score at home, says that they must, we don't use their names at all, we don't refer to them. So how then can an entire parasha be called Kedach? That will constantly say, oh, it's Kedach, it's Pasha's Kedach. Truth is, it's explained elsewhere. Let's see this. The Machlekes of Kedach, as we said before, he wanted to become a king Godel. We cast him Gam Kuna. This yearning was actually a good thing. And as we said before, that Meshe also said, I want this as well. But Kedach didn't act appropriately. And therefore we can understand why the Pasha should be called Kedach. To teach us that Kedach was a good idea. Kedach had the right idea to d- strive to want to become a Kain Gadol. He was on the right track, wrong train. He wanted to strive to become a Kain Gadol. This therefore is a tremendous lesson to each and every person. When we meet a fellow Jew who outwardly looks not so great, sometimes we think, what between me and this Jew? What do we have in common? Just like Kedach, that his place is in Shotachtis, one of the sun. This is the lesson that we get from this parsha, And not only we lesson, we say, It's beautifully learned. This Jew, parsha, in this parsha, each Jew being considered in a parsha, this Jew that we've just met, 
We are saying Darshani. We must look into and delve into to find the fine point and the goodness of this person. And Yofen Idrashas. We have to do this with goodness and kindness. Because the Gemara in Sanhedrin and Dafmem Dalid, in the beginning of the first side, for those keeping score at home, 44a, says Yisrael Afabishachotu Yisrael even if he sinned, he is a Jew. And Kalish Yisrael, every Jew without thinking the situation of the other person, of what level, as we spoke before, needs to see to it, to involve himself with a fellow Jew. We spoke before about this, but the essence of the Mate Aren, the staff of Aren, that grew all of a sudden, it flourished, it blew, it bloomed and grew everything in one shot. And truthfully, that the Shkedim don't sit together with their flowers. Once the, the almond comes out, the flowers fall off. But the truth of the matter is here. Once Kedach and his nation were swallowed up, everybody saw enough of how great Meshach Rabbeinu was and how the appointment of Meshach Rabbeinu and Aaron was the proper thing to do. So what was their Luna, what was their argument? That Aaron himself was not fit to do this. Therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu saw to it that Aaron's staff blossomed. From one side it's a staff, and it can't give out any kind of almonds. It was only the want of God, the will of God that did this. And so too, just like Aaron's staff did the will of God, so too Aaron Akayin is doing the will of God. And although the actual growth was natural almost, before the flowers grew out and everything else, only after did the flowers fall, recognizing the fruit. So too also after HaKadosh Baruch Hu chose Aaron, did he become a Kain Godel. His natural status became a Kain Godel and lifted the entire nation. And so too we should strive and we should merit to see the Kain Godel doing the Aveda and Beis Hamigdash on this very Shabbos as we enter to Eshchidosh Tammuz to the Geula of Yudbeis Tammuz, Schal to the Geula of Gimel Tammuz, and we go to the Geula, Amitis Vashtema, Aydei Mashiach, Kainu, Yerushalayim, Irak Kedesh.